On this week's Unreported World, meet the Black Mambas, the world's first all-female anti-poaching unit who are battling to save the rhino from extinction. Last year, 1,215 rhino were killed in South Africa as Asian demand for rhino horns skyrocketed. Now worth as much as gold, diamonds and cocaine, smugglers have set their sights on African game reserves, where poachers are now killing one animal every seven hours. If they continue at this rate, wild rhinos will be extinct in less than ten years. Reporter Evan Williams goes to South Africa to meet the Black Mambas, the unit of 26 women who've signed up to take on the poachers. I've come to a secret location near Kruger National Park in South Africa. Hidden behind these locked gates and high walls are over 20 orphaned rhinos. Their mothers were all killed by poachers. Up close, these have to be some of the most amazing animals that they've got to sleep. They make these endearing little squealing noises. But they're being hunted to the brink of extinction because their horns are being sold in Asia for hundreds of thousands of pounds. Last year, 1,215 rhinos were killed in South Africa, and that's a record high. And this year, the numbers are increasing. In Asia, rhino horn is sold as a cure for cancer and other illnesses. In reality, it's composed of keratin, the same substance as fingernails or hair. Since almost wiping out the Asian rhinoceros, smugglers have set their sights on Africa. One rhino is now being killed every seven hours. If that continues, they could be wiped out in the wild in less than 10 years. I came here in 2006 and rhino poaching wasn't even a consideration. Then suddenly, we started finding carcasses. And before we could wipe the sleep out of our eyes, we'd been caught with our pants down and we had 19 carcasses on the landscape within a few months. Former Marine Craig Spencer is head warden at Baluli, a collection of privately owned game reserves that borders Kruger National Park. We've experimented with a lot of different technologies and so on, and nothing has actually worked. Drones, thermal optics, satellite tracking, real life tracking of this, that and the other. The only thing that has actually shown any return for its investment is the Black Mambas. The Black Mambas are a unit of 26 women from villages around the park who've signed up to take on the poachers. One, two, one, two, one, two. In the 11 months since they started, they've received specialist training in tracking and bushcraft and spend long days policing the reserve unarmed. You must follow me now. Okay. I say fire. But the battle against the poachers is becoming so dangerous, some black members are about to receive weapons. 
Later, Mikibella is 22. As a team leader, she'll be one of the first to get a gun. Watching her now with the weapons, it's really quite scary because you realise this is a real war with the, uh, with the poachers and they're putting themselves in a lot of danger by taking these guys on. I did three. I think it's a three. Look at that. Yeah. What do you think, guys? Wow. Excellent. Even That's... men don't do this. Even men don't do this? Yeah, yeah. some men don't do this. The poachers yeah. are really well-trained. Some are ex-military men. So if they are not well-trained, they'll be killed. How would you feel about shooting another human? Um, I can feel good and not good is in two ways. If a person is attacking me, I know that person wants to kill me. Then if I don't kill him first, he will kill me. Every day and night, the Mambas patrol sections of Baluli's 224-mile perimeter fence, looking for signs of poachers. We are looking for tracks. Poachers sometimes, when they come that side, they swim they across the river. The river. Yeah. Ah, okay. So here and also that side. I'll show you when we reach there. So just walking around here, you realise how harsh, how hostile this environment is. It's now 11am and the ladies have been out on foot patrol for about four hours and it's getting incredibly hot. Even the smallest hole under the fence needs to be investigated to see if it's an entry point for poachers. I can't say whether if it's warthog or what, but I can say it's animals. Animal. Yeah. Tracks have been found showing that poachers have managed to enter the park. Later is called in to help with the search. The race is on to find them before they kill a rhino. You're on a live hunt, really. There's poachers in here. Do you ever get afraid? No, no, no. Why not? Uh, I'm used to being I'm well trained. Later says she's proud to be a member because in South Africa, black women have never been given a job like this before. Lots of the poachers are men and I'm the woman fighting with the male. You look quite excited by the idea. Yeah, I'm excited when there are poachers because my job is to find the poachers. Yeah. Okay. They find this part of the reserve is littered with wire traps, snares to catch wild animals, including rhinos. Is it possible that the poachers are actually sitting in the bush watching you? Maybe we can pass on top of the tree. Yeah, they can be. With the team on high alert, the Mambas call in the reserve's armed response unit, Protrac. Right now, it's critical that they find and guard the vulnerable rhinos. Straight through there, you can see the rhino. Today they're successful, no rhino is killed. It's mid-afternoon before Later ends her shift. Like all the members, she works at the reserve for three weeks at a time before spending 10 days at home with her family and two-year-old son. 
So now it's getting like early evening. Do you miss your family? Yeah. What do you think about? Just thinking of my son, um, sitting there with my mom and everybody watching TV, just chilling, eating. <laughs> it's yeah. a bit sad. Mm. Ah, but I'm not used to it. Yeah. Three million people live around Kruger National Park. 86% of adults are unemployed. Very few of them make any money from game reserve tourism, which many see as the preserve of rich white people. Poaching is a tempting option to make a lot of cash fast. We're now heading about two hours south of the reserve to meet a man we're told is involved in the industry. These guys are very reluctant to talk. They're very suspicious. We're worried about being arrested, but he says he will meet us and tell us about how the poaching industry works. From the moment you go into the wire, you go in the fence, mm -hmm. to the moment you're back out. That's what I'm saying. From when they say, let's go, it won't even take 20 minutes, it's too much. 20 minutes? It's too much. Wow. I used a 303 rifle with a silencer so that no one can hear the noise. Then you must take an aim, then you hit it once. Like many others, this poacher has a military background. He was a sniper in the Zimbabwean army. If you come across the, the wardens, what happens then? You see them, you know that you shoot You see them, you know that you shoot that person to kill. Don't hesitate. So this is really a war? It's really, really war. There's a lot of rhinos being killed. Do you not feel sad that the, that the rhinos maybe could become extinct because of guys like you shooting them? I know that those resources... I know that those resources are getting exhausted, but what do I get from them? To be frank with you, I've never got any share from them. I've never even got a single cent of that. So once I get a chance to get it, why should I leave it? But the shooting is going to kill them off and then there'll be no more. Even if I kill them all, I won't get this share. I know my children won't get anything. I won't get anything. My parents didn't get anything. My ancestors never got anything. So then you get the money. So I got the share. It's better. I've got something. Poachers live in the same communities as the Mambas. Today I've come to meet one of them, Sipiwe Sitole. Every Sunday, the villagers hold a tribal dance competition. Many of the young unemployed men come to gatherings like these, giving Sapiwe a chance to pick up intelligence. Young men, they're just sitting here at home doing nothing. So like, okay, we're not working, and then why don't we go and poach? You see? Especially sometimes when we are in this group like this. Some, they can be naughty. They can start to plan from this Oh, oh really? Yeah. And are you are you listening sometimes to what's going on? Yeah, we do. Because especially you will find them like they organize their plan when they are busy busy. If she hears anything suspicious, she reports it back to her head warden. But she says she's up against criminal gangs who ruthlessly protect their poaching profits. 
I came with you here without my uniform because once they notice and then you are at the big risk. Yeah, a big risk. Yes. Yeah, dangerous. Dangerous. Mm. On the way home, Sipiwe points out an entire section of the village known as a poacher haven. It's such a small area, but it has got a lot of poachers. Saw a guy with a hunting rifle just back there. He's got a rifle? Yeah. Did you saw him? Yeah. It can be one of them, mm. because they are using rifles. So you will make a U-turn there, then you are going back. We drive past quickly in case our camera is seen. I think maybe they are planning something. But even if she gets a solid lead, Sapiwe does not go to the police. She says poachers have been known to bribe police to identify informers which can endanger their lives. Sapiwe says the Mamba's secret weapon against the poachers is being women because they're not seen as a threat. They underestimate us. Like, ah, these are women, they cannot do anything. Uh, we, can get, we can go and poach because we're doing visual policy. So I can feed the information back to my office. For Sapiwe, working with the Black Mambas is about changing the way her community views wildlife. And that change starts with her own daughters, 13-year-old Perfior and 11-year-old Graciolo. Charlie, I want my kids to see whatever that I have seen. I don't want them to hear like there was a rhino. I want to experience it, to feel the nature, the love of nature. But her commitment requires a big sacrifice. How do you feel about your mum working at the reserve? Uh, mm? I feel like it's risky for her. Mm -hmm. What is the problem? <laughs> hey, the problem is you being far away from us. Sadly for the girls, it's time for their mum to return to work for another three-week shift. Back at the reserve, Sapiwe and her team get ready for another patrol. Poachers use the cover of darkness to breach the electric fence and enter the park. Night patrol has only just started and already there's a problem. So they've lost a bit of power in the electrified fence, which could obviously allow a weak spot for a poacher to get in. And I think at night time, the, the difference is that you really don't know what's going on around you. It's very hard to see into the darkness where the poachers are moving around or even wild animals for that matter. Would they test the fence, the poachers? Yes, they do because uh, they will use uh, branches, like right. green branches, and put it on the electric fence. Yeah. So the fence electricity will obviously go down. We are spotlighting under the trees. Uh -huh. Because sometimes they can hide under the trees, maybe if they hear that we are here. So you're looking for poachers, actually? Yes. 
when they come to the centre of the reserve and they've set up an OP, an observation post, where they're just going to stop and listen for half an hour, maybe an hour, listening out for gunshots or voices or anything suspicious that could indicate poachers are in the area. when we came and do this night patrol, I was so terrified. I was so scared because it's dark here. You can't see anything. And then we're all just only using a spotlight. But I must be brave enough to face the challenge. The electric fence cannot be fixed until morning. The Mamba's presence, constantly patrolling the park, is proving the greatest deterrent against poachers. Since the Mambas started, 23 rhinos were killed in a neighbouring reserve, but none were lost in Baluli. Until the week before I arrive. And one of them was pregnant, it's this one. And then you can see the um, front of the face where it was sawn off as well. The poachers killed three rhinos in one night. Their corpses are still being examined for clues. And the ear chopped off and the eyes were slashed. These are very professional poachers, eh, Vincent? So they got two horns out of that? They got four, because there's the front horn and the back horn. Four but horns. two big horns, two small horns. OK. Yeah. That animal's been shot, got up and run. Vincent heads Baluli's armed response unit. The cartridge found over here. The crime scene leads him to an unsettling conclusion. So what can you tell from looking at this scene about, about these poachers? In this instance, they moved from that fence line directly to this area. So here they started looking, which tells me immediately they knew these animals were here. Tip off. Yeah, which mm. tells you immediately it's someone that works here, it's somebody that found in the animal's position, it means these people either know this area or they were given a GPS coordinate to come here. Well, wow. got a a bunch of guys here that are connected very well to the inside of this reserve. To find out who these insiders might be, I track down a member of one of the criminal gangs poaching rhino. He tells me they rely on a corrupt game warden. He drives the tourists. He's a game driver for the tourists. And what's his job for the syndicate? And trees. He gives them accommodation inside the reserve where they wait. They pretend they're game driving while checking that the coast is clear. He supplies them with guns. Some game wardens are bribed by the gangs as they can lead them straight to the rhinos. Do these men ever have problems with the police? It's like my police are for special transport. The police love money, so they just bribe them. They provide them with special transport to escort them. They pretend it's an emergency with flashing lights and everything. South African police tell us they have good cooperation from the communities and that they will investigate any allegation of criminal involvement by police. With some of the poaching involving insiders, no one is beyond suspicion. In Baluli, wardens are constantly vetted and as it was Sapiwe's team that found the three dead rhinos, they were also thoroughly screened. Every time we've heard of a specific case, there seems to be inside information that has told the poacher where the rhinos are. Do you suspect any of the people you know you, that you work with? Do you think that there are in, informers? Like in the Lake Mamba group, no. among the rangers, 
I am definitely sure. Do you think if somebody came to you and said, hey, I'll give you lots of money if you tell me where the rhinos are? Mm-mm, I won't give that information. <laughs> You'd no. never be tempted? No, 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 no. No. Why should I do that? I'm here to protect it. All the members were cleared of any involvement in the killing of the three rhinos. But with such vast sums on offer, it's a constant battle against park staff being bribed. I want to find out more about how the horns are trafficked. An international smuggler agrees to tell me how he gets rhino horn from South Africa to Asia. Who gives you the rhino horn? I get it from the boss. I believe that he has contacts all over because no one will ask me questions about my language, even if I'm carrying up to two or three luggages. Where have you flown to before? Which countries? We first, we went to Pakistan, and then I've been going to China, Guangzhou and uh, Shanghai, and Hong Kong as well. He says he's travelled five times with suitcases containing only rhino horn. His boss makes over £100,000 for each horn on the Asian market. When you arrive in China, you get your bag. Two people or three people come into you from the immigration board and they will, you just pass through and get your passport stamp. Nobody has ever told me that, okay, sorry, we need to check your bag. Sounds like your boss somehow has connections to immigration in and customs and in customs. South Africa yeah. and when you leave China and in China, China when you arrive. There's a lot of money involved here and a lot of uh, high-profile people. This is not a small boy's game. It's a serious network. What David is describing to us is if they're able to basically make sure that a bag full of rhino horns can get through customs and screening and scanning both ends, then that means some senior people are being paid off. To prevent shocking scenes like these, South African customs tell me they will act against any customs officer caught helping smugglers and they've taken steps to combat rhino horn smuggling, including the deployment of sniffer dogs. Chinese customs did not respond to the allegations. After 10 days leave, Later is getting ready to head back to the reserve. At home, she's been planning her future and discussing marriage with her boyfriend. So let's say you get married. Is he going to try and stop you going working? Uh, he won't stop me from working. He's happy when I'm working. He's happy. And he likes it for me to work. I also like it too. My future plan is to be where Craig is. Uh, I want to be a CEO one day. I also want to do it for myself. Later's ambitions mean long hours and giving up precious family time. She leaves her two-year-old son, Clayton, with her mother while she takes on the poachers. One, what is missed? One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. That night, Craig has called the members together to congratulate them on finding the three rhino carcasses. And if it wasn't for the quick work and being in the right place at the right time, eyes and ears, we would have got nothing. To keep them motivated, he started a new achievement award. I want to present this trophy to the Griki team. Later, please. From humble beginnings, yeah? 
Yeah. Remember the beginnings yes, here? <laughs> and look where we're standing now. Yeah. I'm so proud. The Black Mambas started as an experiment to stop the poaching, but the stakes are high. The protection of the rhino depends on new initiatives like the Mambas convincing communities that keeping wildlife is more valuable than the money offered by international criminal networks. The survival of Africa's last wild rhinos is partly in the hands of these women. The Unreported World podcast accompanies the critically acclaimed Channel 4 television series. Explore more by visiting channel4.com slash unreportedworld, where you can watch full programmes on demand from anywhere in the world. Also, join the discussion on Unreported World's Twitter page and on Facebook. <laughs>